everybody, this is David, a.k.a. Macintosh. And I'm Diana, a.k.a. Mod, and welcome to another episode of Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. What are we doing today? We are still on it. We're more than halfway through now, and that means we are looking at Rocky Five. Rocky Reluctantly retired from boxing and back from riches to rags, Rocky takes on a new protege who betrays him as the champ's son must adjust to his family's new life after bankruptcy. What year is this? 1990. Okay. There's a lot about this movie that works. I don't know that the whole movie together works, but there's a lot of stuff about it that does, for sure. It's a little uneven, but I like the idea. We don't often get a sports movie where we talk about the financial ruin aspect. Or the injury aspect. The injury or the family impact as well. We've seen Rocky be successful. We've seen him lose, but we've also seen him be successful. And in this film, we see what what, what happens a lot to people in the sporting industry. They get all this money thrown at them. They stop paying attention. Someone takes advantage of them and they lose it all. It happens all the time. And how is Rocky, with all this newfound responsibility, mm-hmm. going to deal with that? Yeah. All right. The budget for this film was $42 million. <laughs> I just keep adding more money. Its opening weekend in the U.S. was $14,073,170. Okay. Not as good a return. Mm. And its total U.S. box office was $40,946,358. So it didn't make its money back. Not U.S. It did make its money back eventually with a worldwide gross of around $120 million. Compared to everything else, it's a failure. It's cited in the Rocky series as the only Rocky film to have never made its budget back. I can see that. This one is not about Rocky boxing. And I can see why people would hate that. I mean, he boxes, yeah, but that's not what this movie's about. This is about him dealing like dealing with life and being a father. Overall, there's a couple of big, big red flags that I have with this film. Mm-hmm. And it starts with Stallone writing it. Notice that we say Stallone did not direct this film. He only wrote this. Stallone has very, very low regard for this film in the series. I have lower regard for it. He says that he was motivated mostly by greed for this film. That okay. Like he just did it for money. He did it because they wanted to keep the series going and he thought, well, I might as well try to throw together another story. One of the biggest problems this movie has is that we're meant to think that it still takes place in 1985, 1986. Mm-hmm. They do the thing they normally do yeah, where they well, just... We see the we see the last fight, which I like. I like that they do that so that if, you, if it's been a while since you've seen the other movie, if you never saw it, you kind of get that... It orients you into what we're about to see. And it has been a while. The moviegoers, it's been five years mm-hmm. since Rocky was on screen. So that's fair. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then the entire rest of the story immediately flows from that. And yet everything about this movie is very early 90s. In terms of the setup of the characters, the Don King character being Ugh. written into this. I because hate that guy. That was a part of boxing. No, I get I get all that. In 1990, not in 1985. Honestly, that didn't bother me at all. I didn't notice it and I didn't care. More importantly, though, is you can tell Stallone's heart doesn't feel quite as much in this movie. I don't believe that at all. Because the scenes with his son, he's all in. I agree. 
I totally agree with that part. It's uneven because it is of an that. Une- it is an uneven film, but I think it's because this one's much more emotional and probably a little bit personal, and that makes it much more vulnerable, and I think that's hard because you're also playing with Stallone's kid because that's his son playing Rocky Jr. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's difficult, and I think the balance is the problem. Saying his heart isn't in it is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think he was unclear on what he wanted to do with this movie. What message is he trying to send? Because there's a whole bunch of stuff he talks about of different ideas he was conceiving mm-hmm. of that didn't make it into this film. Yeah. One was that he was going to have Rocky die at the end. Okay. And various people have given different stories. Avildsen said that the studio made him change it. Stallone said mm-hmm. that the story is about perseverance, so killing Rocky would destroy every bit of that mm-hmm. at the end of this film it, regardless he scrapped that idea he also conceived of rocky having much worse damage to his brain mm-hmm. but as they started to play it and act it his quote was it was like seeing your favorite dog with dysplasia yeah like we can't you don't want to watch that we can't watch rocky completely falling apart at least not in 1990 now if they tried to make that movie it might work well, we had three more films of Rocky to see, so... <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, who knows what they do, because we don't actually know. But it's become more of a conversation piece in sports of brain injuries. Brain injuries, especially with all of the research that's being done and just being more aware of how vulnerable you are. And I got to give him credit. That opening scene with him in the shower where yes, Adrian's talking to him, it's haunting. Okay, and now there is the body shot where he's in the shower, and you just kind of rolled your eyes, and I'm kind of like... You know what? This man's been staying in shape for all these years. Let him have the moment. It's, Let him have a moment where it's like, look how fucking hot I am. It is. I'm okay with that. I guess my biggest problem with it is up till now, Rambo was the one where they gratuitously showed his body. They've never been gratuitous in how they did that in these movies. But and here's the thing is it's still tasteful. Like it's fine. It's just oh, Stallone's naked. It was it you was just a you don't very see, you don't see anything. You just see like the outline of his butt, but whatever. Well, it's, it's more eye rolling because this is like the edgy Rocky movie. That's fine. Which it's not in any way. I don't think it's edgy at all. It's but just it's, it's not about boxing. It's just more intense, and that's what got it the PG thirteen. It's more realistically violent and more yeah. intense than the other ones. Yeah. One of the biggest things we've talked about all the different biographical elements he's thrown in. He wanted to explore starting to lose fame and fortune. At this time, he was in a dip in his career. Mm-hmm. The movies between Rocky Four and Rocky Five that he did were Cobra, Over the Top, Rambo Three, and Tango and Cash. None of those did well. Several of those are considered like cable classics. Uh, yeah, but they, I mean, they're not, there's no critical acclaim for any of that stuff. <laughs> no. No. Now, after this, then he gets a huge boost back with Cliffhanger. And then, you know, Demolition Man, and he gets a second wind yeah. in the 90s. But up until then, he was in a real low point. Yeah. And so I think he was exploring that through this movie. Of course, that's going to be... And then he got divorced again. But that is box office poison. Yeah. <laughs> like, to try to deal with that. Yeah, well. I do like that Rocky... You know, his, I like that Adrian's like, you have to retire. You're going to kill yourself if you don't retire. And I like that he finds joy in coaching. I love that. That makes total sense. It's very similar to what was going on with Apollo. But Rocky 
we when we saw this in the last movie, Rocky was fine with the idea that I'm going to have to stop fighting at some point. And now his wife is pushing him. Okay. And, oh, now I've lost all my money, but I can still do something I love and provide for my family. It's, it's not perfect, but it's okay. And then at what cost? Well, and then the cost becomes he spends so much time focusing on his new protege that he has ignored his son. Yeah. Well, and, and this is where it also makes sense, and I really do love this. Rocky started fighting out of necessity. Exactly. He never wanted that for his son. He has that whole scene where I'm just so happy that you get to have everything I didn't have. It's like getting to live again. So his son now wanting to learn how to fight is like, oh, no, I don't want you anywhere near the life I have. That makes total sense. It does. And Rocky has to figure out, it was like, your son's not asking you to teach him like to prize fight. He just needs you to th- show like, him how to throw a few punches so he can tough. defend himself. Just to be tough. Yeah. Like, he's going to school with tougher kids. He needs to be tougher, too. And he's Rocky's son. There are some things about that come with that that he has to deal with. That is a conflict that makes total sense and is great. But it's very, like, the Christmas scene is very, it doesn't feel very earned. It's, it's for- very in yeah. your face. It's very forced. Now- Rocky in that scene makes total sense. I can see him doing that. Like he's just doesn't always take the the hints from anybody, but we should have seen a build up because it just kind of came out of nowhere. It suffers a little bit from that Rocky Four mm-hmm. thing, and probably more than Rocky Four. We could have added a little more if you were going to make mm-hmm. what is essentially a prestige drama idea of Rocky mm-hmm. about his family. This this is a great idea for that. Which I know. I'm sure Rocky Balboa does a lot more of. You needed more meat for mm-hmm. us to chew on. Yeah. If anything, an hour 44 is still real short to get yeah. us where we need to go in this movie. Yeah. Like, I almost would have liked a subplot of Rocky Jr. trying not to go by Balboa, like trying to go by Adrian's last name or something to be like, because he didn't want anyone to know that he was a son. Like, I wish there would have been some more elements of that type of stuff to make the conflict more palpable. And then also, we should have seen more of Tommy at the house. We just get that one scene where it's awkward and uncomfortable, which is also super weird. But we should have seen more, like, the only other times we see Tommy is when he's at the boxing gym. It is weird, but I think it's weird in just the right way. Rocky sees potential in this kid, and he's like, yeah. come home for dinner. Yeah, And that then makes, this yeah, kid has had a horrible go of it. Yeah, he, he sees himself. And Adrian's just like, ooh, okay, I don't know that Robert Jr. needs to know any of this. They had been trying to protect him from all of this, but their life has completely changed. And so all of the things that they were trying to keep Jr. from, they need to tell him. And honestly, they should have told him before um, when their life was all cushy. But they yeah. they thought they didn't ever have to go back. That's they why that line they... is so good. Oh, no, Did we good. ever really leave this place? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I love it. Ugh, that's heartbreaking. Oh, when he's so mad about her working at the pet shop again. She's like, I did it so I could be near you and I want to help. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> it's so sweet. This movie was directed by John G. Avildsen. Hey, our director from the first one. He came back. Woo-hoo. His fingerprints are clearly all over yeah. this movie. And that's one thing I feel like may have happened. There's a tension between his style and. And Stallone's development as a screenwriter. Because, well, here's the other thing is Stallone's directed the last three. Yeah. So now he's handing it back over to this other guy. And the character and all these people and the style has changed. And not in a bad way, 
But like we've evolved and now we're going back to the first guy. Like I'm not trying to insult Alvinson, but it's just kind of like that was a weird move. That was a weird move. He was also coming off his first box office failure, which was Karate Kid 3. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in years. And from that, he jumped into this one. So this was the start of a dip for him. Mm-hmm. There's a story that tells a lot, I think, about his involvement in this movie. Okay. He was talking to the cinematographer, Stephen Poster, mm-hmm. and told him, like, you are overlighting these scenes. There's so much stuff. I want you to do it like the original when we had, like, one spotlight in the boxing scene. Stephen Poster goes, then it's just going to look like a cheap documentary. And Avildsen just smiled and said, exactly. Hmm. And that just tells me everything I need to know about him. He was trying to recreate the mood from the original. And at times, he does it. He gets it so right. And there, it works really well in the gym. Yeah. In the gym, it's perfect. It works in the gym. It works on some of the street scenes. It works a little bit in the final fight, at least at the start of that. But there's also so many moments where it is not the right choice. There's, there's this back and forth between what Stallone has written, which mm-hmm. is really good script, and what Avildsen is doing. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our cast. Okay. Starting off with Stallone. I mean, he's doing a good job. It's a very interesting turn. I like all the stuff with his son, and that's the really new part that we haven't seen, and it's good. I like, it Feel it definitely feels like a return to that original Rocky. Mm-hmm. But more mature. More mature and wise with age. Mm-hmm. He has learned so much in that span, along with becoming a dad, mm-hmm. that it's that same feeling of Rocky, but with a bunch more experience and understanding of the world. Yeah. This movie gets a bad rap. It's not that bad. It's really not. It's, it's just, just not it's, what anybody expected. Exactly. It's not about boxing. It's about a boxer. Talia Shire. She just gets better with each movie. She just does. They gave her the completely assertive role Mm -hmm. in that relationship. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. She's great. It's super fun to watch her now completely out of her shell. Mm -hmm. The one who understands everything that's going on. Yeah. And just showing him down. Yeah. And I loved that scene when they were in the attic, I guess, and he puts on his hat and he finds her glasses. He's like, remember these? It's just sweet. And she's so she's just so good throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Adrian, this is her movie today, Shine, in a lot of ways. Because Rocky's taking a passive role for a lot of it. Well, and he's always just been so trusting of the people around him. Yeah. He has to his fault. And you know, Adrian's the one who goes after Polly, just like you weren't paying attention, which is true. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this is Polly's fault, but Adrian's like, okay, so we got to fix it. Like we have to take care of this. And I do love that as the wife, she could have easily been like, this is your mess. You have to clean it up. And she could have been bitter and angry and mean. And she's not. She's just like, I, we have to do the best we can to fix this. There's something really amazing about the fact that Sylvester Stallone in 1976 Mm -hmm. understood enough about her character to give her some kind of agency. Yeah. And then over... She's she's just not a victim, and I love it. But over the course of 15 years, Mm -hmm. continue to grow her character to where eventually she takes over. Mm -hmm. That's such a smart understanding move from Mm -hmm. him because he could have played her off as just boxer's wife yeah it could have so easily been hacky and tropey and he didn't do it it would have been so easy for her to be the bitchy mean wife who leaves him 
because he's lost all this money because he's too trusting. Yeah. Like she, it could have, it would have not been unexpected, but I do love this, that like, it's not about the money. We're a family. Like this is the most important thing. Of course. So I love that. Burt Young. It's an interesting movie for him because we've now gotten the full rounded Polly character. Mm-hmm. And yet he is regressing back to old school Polly. Yeah. But in a much better believable way yeah i mean it there is a degree that it's his fault of what happened with the money he wasn't paying attention either and he feels a tremendous amount of guilt which is why he's trying to run away from it yeah and he's drinking but then he also takes rocky jr under his wing and he's the one who's teaching him how to box and taking up that responsibility because Rocky's not paying attention to it. Nope. And even Polly knew when he was playing Santa, was like, this is not going to go over well. No. He was not into doing this. Polly's interesting in this movie. And I, I really loved the drinking from his binoculars thing. That was great. Burgess Meredith. Oh, that was sweet. So, okay, we, we killed off Mickey in the series, but Burgess Meredith was still alive. and Didn't have him in Rocky Four at all. There was uh, a scene, the, but it didn't There was happen. a flashback. So he did appear. Yeah, in the stupidest the foot, montage the, of the all footage. time. Eh, it's whatever. But here, they filmed a whole new scene of, you know, him giving Rocky a token mm-hmm. um, that was really meaningful. And we kind of always knew that Mickey was playing the father figure role for Rocky, which was great. And so they created this thing so that Rocky Jr. could feel displaced. And then we could have this nice little moment at the end of the movie where he does the same thing for his son. And it's just sweet. And I love it. But it was unexpected because I I didn't know it was coming. Yeah, I love it. Richard Gant as George Washington Duke. Ugh. I mean, okay, he hits the exact right tone he's trying to do. He, like the showboaty promoter Don King guy. He, he does that perfectly. He's pitch perfect w- as, as Don King clone, and you I, should hate him. I want to punch his lights out. I do. So he's doing his job well. Yeah. I don't like the character. I do think it was a bit ridiculous and over the top. But it, I also like I, I recognize that that was what was going on in boxing. I, I really enjoy the final fight. As its own thing. I think it's kind of cool. Yes. But it is so out of tone from the rest of the film, the way it's edited Mm -hmm. and the way it's shot, that I wonder, could we have done, if we had done that same fight, Mm -hmm. but done it consistent with the style of the rest of the film, Mm -hmm. where it was an old school street brawl, but it looked like that first fight from Rocky, where he's in that Mm -hmm. old ring. But it's out, you know, it's it's street rules, yeah. no holds bar. No, I get that. Instead of this weird fast cut 90s-ified Rocky theme that we got, it just feels out of left field. And the more I think about it, as fun as it is, it is totally out of place in this movie for everything else that they've done up to this point. I agree that I think it should have been filmed differently, but I don't think it's out of place. The movie ends with a fight. Like all the Rocky movies, and and yeah, um, I this film is not about boxing, which is unusual. And I like that the street fight was not about titles; it was about respect. And Rocky was down. You know, he put away his gloves. He was being a coach. He had lost all his money. 
Like, he was down, and this guy that he built up was coming and calling him a coward and being like, you, I, I, you know, the whole thing about the title and the rules, and okay, that's fine. I, I get that. But he was really coming after Rocky at, at and Rocky's record. And so that's what that fight was about. It was like, I can kick your ass. The fight itself is great. I think the way they did it and the intercut they do with George Washington Duke cheapens his character. Like, I, I agree. His character should, should have been there. And his whole thing was, no, this shouldn't be happening. And it needs to take place in the ring. Like, because his whole thing is, I should be making money off this fight. And he's yep. not. But he's not yelling that. He's just trying to egg it on. But it's like, no, your whole motivation in the scene should be, I want you two to antagonize each other into a fight but I can't make money off y'all fighting on the street. Like he should have been pulling Tommy back on that reason. And Rocky should have just been so seeing red that he's like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to kick your ass in the street where everyone can see it. I just wanted to see cinematography wise, yeah. the same thing we saw from those early movies. I get that. And then just choreograph it as a brawl. And I think it ruined the momentum of those other characters because they're not as poignant or as meaningful as Rocky. They need to be consistent in order for us to buy into it. I, I like that Tommy Gunn was manipulated so easily. Yeah. That makes complete sense. Oh, yeah. But that was a tone where they missed the mark with Duke. It Exactly. And he, that's... Yeah. He should that have was... been freaking out about that. And then I also loved that, you see, if you touch me, I'll see you. If you touch me, I'll see you. That's this constant line. And Rocky's just like, sue me for what? Because he doesn't have any money. He's got literally nothing to lose. So I'm going to punch you because you're a dick. And of course, the the quintessential line that he repeats from Don King, only in America, mm -hmm. which is perfect. Speaking of Tommy Gunn, uh -huh. Tommy Morrison. He's all right. I mean, did we, I mean, has he been anything out? Like, what do we know him from? We would know him from boxing because okay. he's a real boxer. Okay, that's cool. He's got enough personality to actually pull it off. No, I, he, he serves his purpose fine. Well, I commend him for having enough character motivation and understanding of what he was doing. I'm sure he was coached by mm -hmm. Stallone, but he got it. Yeah. And he ran with it and performs. He's not just stiff as a boxer. Yeah, this. and his character was written well. It really was. So, I mean, they got a good guy who knew how to box, who could box well, and who could also act a little bit. Yeah. And he did great. So he's he does wonderfully. Morrison is also a little bit of an arpon. In 1996, the biggest moment in his boxing career, other than he was a legit contender for a while, mm -hmm. testing revealed that he was HIV positive, mm -hmm. and he was forced to retire immediately. Mm. Now, after being forced to retire, he attempted to come back in 2006, 2007, claiming he was negative at mm -hmm. the time. Nobody believed him. He did get a couple of fights in, mm -hmm. but he was known for a very, very reckless lifestyle, like okay. lots of drugs, lots yeah. of bad choices. And he had to admit to such when the tests came back in 96. Mm -hmm. And then he died from an infection in 2013. Mm. His mom had said that he had developed AIDS, but some of his family contended that wasn't necessarily true. It was very unclear. Bottom line is he's a pretty tragic boxing story mm. going through the rest of this, no. which is interesting to parallel with what he did in this movie. And there's some moments that creep up in there that I'm like, huh, 
y'all didn't even know it was going to happen to him, but it kind of predicted some things. A little bit. And then finally, one thing you noticed, Kevin Connolly. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, so David said our puns. If you haven't heard us use that phrase before, that it stands for random person of note. Those are background actors or famous people who have cameos that go on to do big things later on. So I noticed Kevin Connolly plays the main kid who's beating up Rocky Jr. (laughs) Kevin Connolly, you definitely know from Entourage and then a couple other things beforehand. His character's name is Chicky. I don't think they ever say that. Nope, but he did get a name in the credits. He's a redheaded kid, yeah. Moving on to trivia. Trivia. Michael Anthony Williams, who plays Union Kane. Okay. Also a boxer. Okay. For real. Not as convincing no. as Tommy Gunn. But that's all right. That's why they didn't put him in the lead role. That's fair. They, one month after this movie was released, mm-hmm. were supposed to have an actual fight against each other. Oh, okay. And it was billed as the real Kane versus Gunn. Okay, that's kind of fun. But Williams got injured. Mm. So that fight did not occur. Jody Letizia, the street kid Marie from the original Rocky, was okay. supposed to make an appearance in this film. Okay. She was supposed to have turned into all the things, things that, that Rocky, Rocky predicted. Had her. She was going to be homeless and a prostitute. Shoot, yeah. They filmed it and it just got cut. It oh. le- got left on the cutting room floor. It just didn't make it in. Yeah. I loved that scene because it was him just being like the sweet neighborhood dude and trying to like get her on a good path. I think it probably came off mean spirited. Possibly. And or just time wise, they didn't have bad. it. But it could have been a really interesting moment with his son to be yeah. like, look, see this lady? I knew her when she was young and I told her, you don't act this way, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The speech that Mickey gives in that flashback mm-hmm. is very much taken from an actual interview with Cus D'Amato, mm-hmm. legendary ringman, who worked with Mike Tyson okay. after his first victory. Mm. Cus was, I mean, in a lot of ways, the actual real life Mickey. Cool. Old crotchety dude who worked with mike tyson to create him into the fighter legendary fighter he was well i did like that they actually name dropped rocky marcino marciano marciano because that is where rocky gets his name from it's a it's his a real name mo- is robert and it's a tie back to the original movie yes, yes. mickey talks about him constantly in the mm-hmm. gym to rocky when they're initially training i don't remember that he does he's got a few lines about mm-hmm. marciano and i think he taught he has a monologue about how he fought him or something like that. oh okay There was another moment cut from this film hallucinating about the fight with Clubber Lang in that street fight scene when he gets knocked out. And instead of the little flashes of Mickey, Mm -hmm. he was going to see Mickey on some steps telling him to get up. Oh, okay. And that ties into what he was really thinking about after all this was filmed and later on, Mm -hmm. Stallone had to acknowledge that the injury that Rocky had that they name checked in the movie Mm -hmm. is not actually that severe. Yeah. And in fact, many boxers have gone on to get licenses to fight with that injury. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure he was just doing some research, maybe saw an article or something, thought this is... I'm going to exaggerate this for my purposes. Uh, I don't even know so much about that. It was, they didn't realize that it wasn't such a severe thing. But it is interesting because... I'm okay with that. (laughs) I know. But it's just an interesting note that later on he revisited and was like, oh, okay. Well, in real life, this wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> okay. How many powers of attorney do you give this movie? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with two and a half. Okay. It's it's not a bad movie. It's not. It's just not what you expect from a Rocky film. So I understand it being kind of panned and not doing well. 
I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Some of it was the expectation because I'd heard from so many sources that this was the weakest entry. Okay. And then in watching it more and more, I kept going, but I actually like this. I actually like this movie. I understand that it's not rocky. Mm -hmm. It's not the inspirational story we've come to expect. Mm -hmm. But I kind of love what he did with it. And I understand that he probably thinks, oh, this is such a mess and I could have done these things differently. And it is a mess. But at the end of it, it comes out good with a really interesting, positive message for him. It's a good story. It's, It's a matured grown-up idea of the original Mm. film and it hits a lot of those same points well and one of the things that most people complain about when it comes to franchises is that the characters don't change or grow or they grow and change in ways that don't make any sense and that's just not true of this one we're on film five and i believe the growth that we've seen from rocky from adrian from polly like i believe it yeah, at no point in the writing and story mm-hmm. of this film have I not like, bought what's going on. This is just ridiculous. This would never happen. In fact, a lot of the problems I have with this movie are technical. Yeah. The tone of it feels mm-hmm. wrong for what's going on, so you're thrown off a lot. But the actual story has progressed from the first film all the way through mm-hmm. the fifth and maintained the continuity that needs to be there. Yeah. I have no complaints about this franchise. I love it unconditionally now. Well, we only have one more in the Rocky arc, but if you want to hear that, you're going to have to become a Patreon member. Yeah, our Rocky Balboa coverage is going to be part of our Patreon-exclusive content for the month of November. Hey! You know, if you're cool with being done with one through five, that's great. If you're not ready to be a Patreon, you can go online and uh, review and rate us. So wherever you uh, download your podcast, we appreciate that. Uh, But otherwise, if you decide to become a Patreon at the $2 up level, you can hear our coverage of Rocky Balboa and Creed. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, coming out later this month. Nope. Coming out this week. It's out now. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. It came out on Wednesday, I believe, because we're recording this all in advance. Creed 2. Creed 2 comes out. So that's part of the reason why we put all this together. (laughs) (laughs) The reason we... This is kind of why we're insane this year. To be fair, we thought, oh, God, we're going to subject ourselves to this. Turns out... it's been so fun. I love it. All right. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.